to this lady who he's never met before in his life and hugged her. Like, not just a hug, but like a, he held her and it was such a genuine hug. She was so taken back by it and she was like, thank you. Like, thank you for that. Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Boundless Self. I'm really happy to be here with you today. As always, thank you so much for listening and spending your time with us here today. And today we have an amazing guest, Chloe, who is a gorgeous client of mine. And she is a coach as well. And something that she is very just incredible at sharing about is this act of present parenting um, and how it's different to the conscious parenting themes that we're seeing coming through. Chloe is an amazing parent and she shares so much on her social media about raising these children in a way of breaking those generational cycles of, you know, neglect and not teaching them how to feel their feelings and emotions and, and not helping them feel seen and heard. And she's doing this work every single day with her children and sharing so openly about it on her social media with other parents. And then again, teaching other parents how to do the healing work with themselves and their own inner child to then be able to shop as the parent that they want to be in their life today. So today we're going to have an amazing conversation with Chloe about present parenting, about being more present as a parent and about raising this next generation of children who feel seen, heard and loved for who they are, who are their authentic selves and also not attaining perfection as a parent. Like what I love about you, Chloe, is that you're so realistic about the the emotional reactions that come up, you know, like a parent, I'm not a parent myself, but it looks friggin' stressful. Like your kids are going to trigger you, you know, and you're so realistic about this. You're so compassionate about it. And it's not this idea that you need to be a perfect parent. It's that you need to be a present parent that involves doing your own work at the same time. So welcome Chloe to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to just tell us a bit about your journey, your own childhood, how you got here today? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and share this message. So a little bit about me, life as I know it now, I am a wife, I am a mother, um, my husband works away in the mines and we live a very crazy lifestyle, but I do spend a lot of time parenting on my own. So that's kind of what really ignited my journey. Um, but my childhood was, initially it was okay, my, I grew up with both my parents, but my parents were both very disassociated parents. They were they were physically there, um, but emotionally and mentally, they were on completely different different planets. Mm. Um, so I grew up with both of them. We went on holidays. We did get to do all that sort of stuff, but the emotional, the presence just was non-existent. And Chloe, um, can I ask, sorry, what was the impact of that for you as a child, like looking back of having that lack of emotional presence and support how did that impact you it was very lonely um and as an adult I used to always say that I'm a lone wolf and hello from another lone wolf right I used to always give myself that title but I realize now that 
as a human, we're not lone wolves. It is that trauma response, I feel. Um, so it impacted me throughout my entire life because that is now my natural default response. And it shows even in my relationship with my husband, like he works away. So now I'm always going back to that being alone. And now when raising my children, I have to really work hard to kind of work through that on a day-to-day basis because we're not naturally supposed to be alone. Mm. So it it is a challenge even still to this day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I love, right? Like it's our childhood stuff doesn't just go away. Our automatic responses don't just go away. And for you, like I so deeply resonate with the the independent lone wolf as a default response, right, to create more safety. And isn't it so funny that you've created this life where you have a partner who goes away to the mines, who works for long periods of time. So it just shows how much this does impact the life that we choose to create. And that's why I feel like, um, you know, being a present parent, being present and being able to become aware of these things is just so crucial because I even see my daughter do the exact same thing Mm -hmm. when she feels angry or sad she'll straight away go all on her own and being present allows me to acknowledge that and come to her when she's acting up rather than send her to time out go think about what you're doing all of that sort of old school thinking yeah so that really is the change that you're bringing in the terms of of breaking these generational cycles of the way that you were parented right it's helping and and like isn't that amazing that you can see your daughter going into some of those automatic responses but yet have so much compassion for yourself and for her and being able to witness that and you know and be able to make changes in that for her it must be like you know, just re-witnessing your own childhood, you know? Yeah, massively. And like, it is hard. Some days, like even just the other day when she was going all crazy and she's going out on her own, she almost feels naughty to push me away so that she can retreat and find her own safe place. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard sometimes to really take that breath and take that step back and realize, okay, this is about so much more than the behavior that's in front of me. There is Mm -hmm. so much more to this. Um, but I guess it's through doing the work and becoming aware that I'm able to take those steps mm-hmm. forward instead of going back. Totally. And so you shared with us that you grew up with parents who were there physically, but emotionally they were they weren't there. They weren't having these conversations with you. They were, I'm imagining, sending you to time out, lots of time on your own, and that created that real lone wolf energy. What happened from there throughout the rest of your life? Yeah, so when I was maybe like 12 or 13, my parents actually separated and that's when things got really, really, really tough because my dad left completely. Um, My mum had a very, very, very bad drinking problem, which caused me to have to grow up very quickly because I almost had to parent her. She was dealing with her own emotions and she just went off the rails completely Um, And then from there, um, I left school really early. Um, I went down a really bad path myself. Um, I felt pregnant at like 14 or 15 where I then had an abortion. So that's a whole other ball game. Um, But then I heavily got into drugs and alcohol as well at such a young age and just continued to disassociate further and further and further. And that cycle repeated itself a couple more times until 
I became an adult myself until I thought of having children. I actually met my husband when I was, I think I was 20 when I met him and he had a child of his own and that was kind of like the wake up call where it's like, okay, there's a child present here. I don't know what it is, but there's something inside of me that's like, you cannot continue to do this. You have to make a better choice. Wow. So that was the the trigger for you to really look at yourself and your behavior. I didn't know it at the time, but um, now I can look back and think, okay, that's really what brought me to pull your head in. Um, It's evolve or repeat. And inside of me, my soul was just like, evolve evolve I love that that. it's evolve or repeat wow so in that moment did you you're only what you said 20 at the time were you actually able to look at what happened with your parents and everything like that and see the pain that was caused from that were you aware of that at that stage uh only very very mildly like surface level I felt I knew I felt a lot of pain I felt a lot of anger anger was my default emotion I was such very like anything could trigger me I was very reactive um but only very surface level was I aware of that at that point it wasn't until I actually became pregnant um and gave birth to my own daughter and my daughter which was like almost a version of myself that I was just like boom (laughs) Like we need. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah. what happened from there? What was your journey like in those first stages of parenting? And that almost—it sounds like you had a a dark night of the soul, being like, "Oh dear God, I've got myself in front of me as a baby. Like, what do I do?" Yeah. It was so interesting because um, I tried from societal expectations. I knew that I had to have a relationship with my mom. That's what, with both my parents, I knew that society expected me to have a relationship with my parents because that's just what you do. They have a right to my life because they created me. So I tried to go down this path and I got to a point where something inside of me was like, this is not working. You are going against everything that you truly believe in to have a relationship that is just not healthy, I guess. Was your mum still struggling with alcoholism or, or what was the relationship like? She was, she was definitely better then, mm-hmm. but it was very much like um, I served her kind of thing. Like I, as her daughter, had to do everything her way or no way. Um, and it was like that with my entire family, actually, because I have a brother um, as well. And I just became this shell of a human who was trying to raise the child but doing it in everyone else's way. Mm. And I knew deep down that that was not what I wanted. When I um, had my son, that was like my deepest, darkest night of the soul. Um, it was it was wild. So I actually made the choice to um, withdraw and disconnect from my family completely because I knew that I knew that I had healing to do, but I also knew that with their opinions and all of that outside noise I couldn't do it I couldn't heal and listen to that at the same time so I took a step back and um I didn't talk to them for a couple of years and it was really hard because I then had these two beautiful children 
And um, my husband's still working away and I did it all on my own. I didn't have any support at all, like nothing other than when my husband was home. Um, So, yeah, it it, it was tough, but it was um, a moment because I, I grew up in a family household where there was no emotion other than like show happiness if you feel it, but don't cry, don't feel angry, don't express anything else. Um, because there would be like physical consequences. You would be shut down straight away. And I had these two beautiful children. I had my daughter who as a a girl was, you know, in society and from my family's expectations needs to be quiet and well-dressed and um, well-behaved. And she was wild, like completely wild. And then I had my son who in my family's eyes, the son has to be, you know, tough and strong and can't be emotional. So I had these two completely different children um, and I loved them for how they were, but for everyone else that was like a rude shock. But something inside of me was like, this is how they are, take it or leave it. And I knew that in order to be strong enough to hold the space for them, I had to take that step back in order to heal and be strong enough to allow that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was tough um, but I'm so proud because now my daughter is six and my son is four and my daughter is still wild and crazy and I love that about her because I don't want her to fit into a box I want her to be exactly who she is and my son he is so emotional he is the most caring gentle person they are like complete opposites but It's been really beautiful because by taking the step back and um, healing, I now can have the conversations with my dad, say, who when my son cries, he tells him to shut the fuck up and toughen up. Mm -hmm. I can say to him, stop. Actually, this is not how we do things anymore. (laughs) Where um, he's allowed to be sad and he's actually sad because of X, Y, and Z. Like I can educate them and they actually respond so much better because my emotions behind how I was feeling when I first had my children have been processed so now I can have the conversations with my parents and whoever wants to have this conversation in a more positive way if that makes sense yeah totally and oh my god there was so much in there but Chloe what it really sounds like is you protected their authenticity yes and Gabriel Mate talks about this so much about how the there are you know two really strong needs for a child one is like authenticity and the other is survival and belonging right and so often like what do you think a child's going to do if they're in danger they're going to choose survival they're going to choose how like the best way of belonging they're going to choose love and acceptance and all that stuff and they're going to ditch or you know at, at the cost of their most authentic self yeah, And that's just what happens a lot in the world today. And that's how we've ended up, right, with the boxes of this is what a boy does, this is what a girl does, you know, which I love that you have encouraged your children so much to get out of those boxes and just be who they were born to be, you yeah. know. Like that's fucking incredible. And it feels like you you did this for yourself as well. Like you took these steps with setting boundaries with the people closest to you so that you could do your own healing as well. Like you needed, you know, space. And because I'm imagining if you had 
somebody in your ear all the time, like, you know, a mum would be, you know, grandma being around the children. If you had that presence all the time, especially in those first early years where you're exhausted, right? Like you are tired. You're definitely, you know, you're going through it. And if you had that voice all the time being like, don't let them do this, don't let them do that, it would have been really hard for you to not listen to that authentic voice inside of you that was saying, this is how they should be. This is how they want to be. I should let them be this way, you know, and I should encourage that. And so it feels like you took that step, not only for your children to be able to be their most authentic selves, but for you to be your most authentic parent, which was very different to how society tells us that parents should be and how your own parents and family was thinking that you need, you know, the type of parent that you need to be. And that, God, so much bravery, right? So much bravery and courage. And I imagine like, what was that like basically cutting out your mum for a while? What was that like? It was so hard um, because I needed her more than ever at that time. Um you know, I was on my own with two children, like, and I, at that time, um, became very, very depressed, I had very severe postnatal depression, which I kept denying at that time. But in that moment was when I needed my mum of all people. So it was probably one of the hardest things that I've had to do. But that being said, our relationship now like it all happened for a reason. And we, my mum and I, and even my dad and I, now we can have these conversations around parenting and it's an open conversation. And they often say to me, like, we never would have thought of things in this way. And even um, my mum always says, because my brother was much like my son, emotional, but very full on. And my mum always says, like, we would never have allowed your brother to be like this. And I like say to them that's why now he cannot feel his emotions properly and he is aggressive um he's better now that he's older but he went through a stage where he was very 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 aggressive and they can see that and um you know my dad actually has conversations with people now on a work site (laughs) about (laughs) how to talk to your children That's incredible, isn't it? I mean, and looking back, Chloe, could you have imagined that you, you know, when you were in that state, you're experiencing this horrible postnatal depression, it's a really hard time for you, and you have this voice inside of you basically saying you need to set a boundary and cut your mum off for a while because it's not helping you. God, like, how? I have to ask that question. How did you do that? Because I I think that's probably what everyone wants to know is how on God's good earth did you do that? Was it just this piece of intuition that was so strong inside of you? Yeah, it just something inside of me just said it has to be done. And it was hard because um, my mum rang me all the time. She then rang my dad saying, Chloe needs to talk to me. So my dad would ring me saying, you need to talk to your mum. And honestly, I think it was two whole years. And every time I had this, I said to them, I will make the decision when I'm ready. I am not going to make decisions for my family based on someone else's needs not happening. And I just, it was so hard. Yeah. I imagine it was so hard. And I feel like that's an incredible kind of belief that you've instilled or or almost a boundary for yourself that you've instilled, which is, you know, I'm not going to make decisions for my family based off somebody else's wants or needs or desires or beliefs, you know, like I'm not going to do that. And that is probably the essence, right. Of present parenting, right. It's almost, it's almost shifting into authentic parenting like being the parents that you 
you desire to be and that you know is is right for you and your family because we're all so different right like and your children like I love that you have two kind of polar opposite children and I'm curious do you, do you parent them in different ways is there any differences yeah extremely different um and what I've actually found really helpful lately is now that they are a little bit older so completely I parent them completely different because my son he is emotional he needs that physical touch where my daughter does not need that but now I'm actually able to say to them when my son's really angry what do you need and he will say to me I need you to leave me alone I need a cuddle I need this I need that so I parent them entirely different. And one thing I actually did do, um, which helped me a lot, I had the birth charts read um, for each of them because my son, he is a cancer through and through, and my daughter is a Libra. And I did feel, I do feel like that helped a lot because that helped me understand their needs very, very well. Wow. Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. And and I guess also you, I love that whole thing that you're getting to the point now where you're really asking them, Hey, what do you need from me right now? You know? And again, it allows that, you know, you've really established safety in the connection. Like I will give you what you need when you ask for it. I will respect your space or I will respect, you know, if you need a hug, I will respect that and I'll listen to you. Um, and I'll also just be here, you know, I'll be this present parent. But Chloe, one of the things that you mentioned so much, and I know this has been the biggest piece of work in your own journey as well, has been feeling your feelings and emotions. And it sounds like You've spent a lot of time teaching your kids how to do the same. Tell us about that. So that is something that initially I was like, I'm fine. I don't need to feel my feelings. Like I'm good with this. But once <laughs> I cracked open that bottle, I was like, damn, okay. I do have feelings that need to be felt. So I guess it's been um, a journey. I'm really lucky that I can have it. I've got a space in my house where I just go to, sometimes I just sit here and just allow whatever to come up, to come up. I just let it flow. Um, And sometimes a lot of the time for me, it's anger. You know, I just allow it to just flow through and I've learned the modalities um, in how to process or allow the body to express the emotion because a lot of the time my mind tries to control the situation. Mm, Yeah, we get stuck like analyzing stuff as well, right? Like I remember a big experience for me was realizing, oh, I'm not actually feeling my feelings. I'm just analyzing them. I'm just justifying them. I'm just trying to make sense of them, but I'm not actually letting them move through my body. So what, what changed for that for you and how did you teach this to your children? I think the the biggest change was actually probably my son because he was so emotional Um, and I almost couldn't let, I couldn't shut his feelings down when he was first born, when he was crying and there was no way to just shut the feelings down. So I had no option but to process them or learn to process my own so that I could hold the space for him to process his. Um, And often I just, I just sit with them. I just sit with them while they're going through it. You know, I do have 500 loads of washing to do. I've got dinner to cook. I've got mess to clean up, but I just sit with them. Because in that moment, that is all that matters. Right. And that's exactly what they need, isn't it? You know, like they, and like what we know now about, and again, I think 
the this conversation it's not about throwing shade to you know your parents or the generations before that it's really recognizing that you can't give what you didn't get you know and you had to go through this deep process of healing and reparenting your own inner child and being with yourself and letting yourself be authentic, setting those boundaries before you could start doing these things for your own children. And like what's so special about that is the love, the mm-hmm. love that is here for for and within yourself and for your children and that, you know, that presence, right? Like what we know now about children is that their nervous systems do not have the ability to regulate until they're I don't know the exact age, but I think it's it's 12, 10 to 12 plus years old. Like it's it's old. It's not old, but it's it's much older than we would have assumed. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Like children don't have the ability to regulate themselves and their emotions. So a child, for example, when they go through that anger or the sadness or the pain, it can't, it it goes in like feeling like it's never going to end. That's how they feel. You know, like I I feel that in my life, you know, you you have this emotion that's coming up and you're now you're going through a breakup or whatever, and you're like, it's never gonna end, you know? But then you're like, no, it will, it will. But for kids, what we know now is they literally don't have the ability to end or close or calm themselves after those emotions. They have to have another adult there whose nervous system they can co-regulate with. So is that the essence of that present parenting that you found that you just have to be there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what I found a lot of peace in is now when I do this with my kids, I realise that I that's what I needed. I needed someone to just sit with me. Even as an adult, after I had my children, if my mum would have just sat with me and said nothing, that would have been a game changer for me. Um, and, yeah, with my children, like I now can sit with them my son will be losing it he'll be kicking throwing he even punches me sometimes which obviously isn't ideal but he goes through this emotion and then he gets a little bit closer each time and before I know he's either sitting on my lap or holding my hand and he's he's done like he can get on with life and it's actually a really powerful thing to witness very powerful to watch them go through that motion and it is so simple but we overcomplicate it by thinking <laughs> you have this, have that. Oh, no, stop crying. Okay, let's take you outside. Let's do this. Let's do that. But it's like sit with it 10 to 15 minutes and you're done. <laughs> wow. So it's like they really like, I guess that's that whole tantrum thing, right? Like, and it shows the essence that emotions are just energy in motion. There are an, an energy coming through the body that need to be expressed and felt and allowed to just do whatever they need to do. And then they leave, right? And that's what we get to see within our children. Like I'm sure you would say, you know, my children are my greatest teachers because they continually show you that these emotions aren't going to stay forever. If you let them be here, if you get support, if you allow them to move through your body, they're going to leave and you're going to feel better again, you know? And that connection that you have with them in that space is just incredible. But Chloe... Can you tell us more about present parenting and how it differs from conscious parenting? Because we've had many conversations about this. <laughs> yes. So present parenting, I just feel like this is where it's at. So for me personally, conscious parenting, the idea of it is amazing. But for me in my the way I live my life, um being cool as a cucumber all the time is just not how I roll um and it is you know still I've got a lot of things to work on but being present is being a present parent 
is witnessing what's going on in front of you. And sometimes they may need you to sit with them and go through it, but sometimes the kids might need you to say enough's enough. Snap out of it. I can see that you're angry. I can see that you're frustrated, but what do you need right now? And let's move on because as a parent, we are also we're also their teacher. We're also their leader. And we need to guide them in feeling their feeling, yes, but sometimes we need to just move on from it. So I think that's the difference with present parenting as opposed to conscious parenting is being in that moment and doing what needs to be done and holding the space for them in order for them to move through it properly. Mm, And I feel like the so you're talking about you're helping them complete the cycle and helping them move on, being a bit more of a leader. And I think I loved what you said about, you know, conscious parenting, you know, it almost comes with this essence of, of being cool as a cucumber of, you know, you don't let anything get to you, even though you're feeling it, you know, you just, you know, you show up, you're calm, everything's easy. And to some degree, that's actually not helpful either, is it? Because again, your children learn through what they see. So the more that they see you, work through your emotions, the more that they see you, um, you know, fighting with your husband and then going up and, you know, repairing or apologizing, whatever, the more that they're going to learn some of those skills of being a human where sadly life just isn't being cool as a cucumber, right? Like we we are going to get triggered. We are going to have emotional experiences. And especially for you being someone who does have anger, right? Like anger you said is your go-to emotion, right? And you know, as much as I do that that stuff, just it's not going to just disappear. Yes, it's going to get better, but it's not just going to disappear entirely. And so what I hear from you is it's almost like not being a perfect parent. It's just yeah. being a parent and engaging with them and being real with them and connecting with them and being present with them. Some of the stuff I love watching on your stories the most is when you're in your kind of meditation corner where you're feeling your feelings, you're doing whatever it is within your own practice. And I can see Cohen just coming up and, you know, he's climbing all over you, sitting with you, or sometimes he sits with you as well. Like he'll sit next to you and he'll do whatever he needs to do. And I think that's just beautiful. How did that feel as a parent? It feels amazing. Initially, I used to be like, oh, like, look at my space. Yeah. yeah. But now that I've learned to embrace it, it's so nice because um, we are human and, you know, these feelings of anger and that they're not wrong and, um, you know, even my husband, like his natural like default emotion is anger. My daughter's default emotion is anger and I think when we pretend that we're all cool as a cucumber and nothing's wrong, it can be very toxic because anger is natural. Like there is nothing wrong with that. And um, it feels really good to be able to have the kids there to ride through those things because, um, like, even a couple of weeks ago, my husband was getting angry at something and my son goes, Dad, take a deep breath. (laughs) He actually said something. Oh, that is so sweet, isn't it? They're learning these things. And a lot of the time when I'm sitting down and I'm doing my, my practice, I'm not saying anything but they can feel what's going on. Mm, Energetically, they do, right? And again, that's what comes down to this nervous system regulation thing. That's what energy is. It's it's our energy, our our emotions in the body. It's our nervous system. It's whether we are feeling like we're in fight or flight or whether we're in that calm, restful state. And that's what children feel. So when we speak about this um, ability to pick up on energy, it's literally your body's, you know, little, I always like to imagine a little like, 
security guards or little kind of Navy SEALs inside of us constantly, and this is from our nervous system, they're the threat detectors. They're going, is this safe? Is this, you know, is death going to occur? Is it dangerous? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? And those threat detectors are what pick up on the energy. They're going, ah, are we in a calm place or are we in a bit of a heightened place, you know? Are we in a dangerous place? And that's that ability to pick up on energy. And that's what kids are really tapped into because they haven't tuned out from it, right? Tell us about that because I know that you've spoken about it a lot, about kids being really tapped into their own energy. So my son is very in tune with energy. Um, It's a really beautiful thing to watch. So he's done a few interesting things over the years. But um, most recently, he we were picking up my daughter from school and one of my mum's friends was there and he went up to this lady who was never met before in his life and hugged her. Like not just a hug, but like a he held her and it was such a genuine hug. She was so taken back by it and she was like, thank you, like thank you for that hug. And once my mum and I had left, my mum said, like, that is mind-blowing because she actually tried to commit suicide um, about a month or so ago. Wow. He could feel that energy and he just gave her what she needed. And he looked in her eyes as well when after he hugged her and he just smiled and then he ran off playing. Wow, that's giving me chills, eh? And, like, this is the thing, right? Like, we spend so much of our lives disconnecting ourselves, especially as women, but as men, as everyone actually, just disconnecting from that intuitive, energetic knowing. Like we, you know, if we couldn't speak or communicate in this way, we would find another way, you know, like babies and children speak and communicate with us all the time and they can't say anything, you know, but they're so right. Like they do just pick up on these things and that's where this, almost that sense of authenticity, but also intuition. It sounds like one of the big results or or desires or goals of present parenting is to not only help your, you know, meet your child's needs and help them feel seen and heard, but to allow them to be their authentic self and express in that way and develop a deep connection to their own intuition, right? Which as adults, what do you think is the impact of that as an adult? By allowing them to do that. Yeah. So it's such... It is such a powerful tool because um, even something so simple as my son's at kindy now and if he wants to play with something, he'll do what he wants to do, not what the crowd wants to do. And I think in in how the world is going right now, there's so much, you know, we all want to belong, but we're trying to belong in these little containers that don't feel right. It's what someone else has told us to do. But by allowing our children to stand in their power and ride the wave, whatever that looks like, it just sets them up for a more solid foundation to own their power as they get on unapologetically and also allow other children to do the same. Because by my son feeling strong and my daughter feeling strong enough to stand in their power, they allow other people to do the same. And it's like that ripple effect. Yes, right. Like you are building a generation of kids who are going to speak up, who are going to do what they feel is right rather than listening to the crowd. And that's, I think, how the world has gone into so much mayhem is because we, again, when we look at those two really core human needs of authenticity and belonging, right, and they often come at war with one another and as 
in terms of survival, because our body's number one goal is to survive. Like we just have to be honest about that. In most situations, we will abandon our own authenticity in order to belong and survive more. Because if we belong to the crowd, we have a greater chance of survival. Whereas authenticity often makes us stand out from the crowd, which it, it threatens our survival, right? So again, your body's defense mechanisms go off and say, no, no, follow the path, be like everybody else. But that's how we've fallen into so many horrible traps, right? Like I have to tell this story because it was just, it bloody shocked me. I was on the plane flying home from Bali just the other day and went and sat down and there were some lovely Indian women behind me. One of them had a, a baby who was like a year and a half old or something in her lap. And we were all, you know, when everyone's filing onto the plane and um, it was from Australia and this old white dude started having a go at this Indian woman who had literally had a child in her lap saying she must have like needed to go onto the plane first or something like, I don't know, but he was going off at her being like, that was so rude. Like you are, you know, you're this, you're that, you need to be a better parent. You need to be more organized. I don't care if you have a child, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then he said, go back to India on a plane full of people. He said, he not only had to go at her and then said, go back to India. And I was I was just sat there in shock. Like, and I I found my myself, I was like, oh my God, I didn't say anything. And I was like, whole and I also was like, holy crap, nobody else said anything either. And so I went up and I spoke to the flight attendant and we sorted it out from there. And I spoke to the woman and made sure she was okay. But in that moment, none of us could speak, you know, mm-hmm. because again, it was that whole thing of survival, like, oh. You know, when somebody does that and you're like, oh, my God, what? Like, what just happened? And we do feel this need to belong. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to be that person who speaks up and says something because it it impacts that direct need of survival that we have where, you know, we might be in danger, this or that. And that's what creates so so many problems in the world because we don't speak up. We don't say when something's actually not okay, right? Like, absolutely shocking. And it was just... It was one of those moments where I was just witnessing human behavior, not only within myself, but with an entire plane full of people. And we all did the same thing, you know? And I was like, holy moly, that is wild. And I think that's why not only doing this work within ourselves, because I know this is exactly the work you've done with you, is connecting back to your intuition, connecting back to your authenticity, finding your voice again, and doing exactly what you need to do rather than what everyone else is doing but raising children in this way who have this incredible sense of belief in themselves that they've got themselves, they're going to be okay, they're loved for who they are, they're accepted for who they are, that is creating a generation of children who are going to change the world even more than we will, right, and build a a better world. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to go back to um, the part where no one used their voice. And I just want to share something that I do with my children. Um, If my children don't agree with something that I say, maybe I'm telling them that they can't do something. Um, Say, for example, the other day, my daughter ate all of my chocolate and I was heartbroken. I was so mad at her. How dare she? Oh, my God. That was so bad. Oh, I was so mad, but I was telling her off. And she didn't agree with what I said. And I welcome that in with my children. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, voice that with me, okay? I'm not going to be angry with you for voicing it, but I welcome that in because in a situation like that, if we were all allowed as children 
to say something when we didn't agree, even though it might be our parents or our uncle or our auntie, if we were felt safe to voice when we don't feel that something's right, then maybe someone would have spoken up at that time. Because I feel like everything starts from such a young age. Like, you know, so many parents, it's like if you answer back, you're a child, you are to be seen and not heard, be quiet. But that's what we need to remove because their voice matters and what we do now sets them up for how they voice as an adult. Oh, you are so freaking right. And it is, it is, it's just this present parenting and learning this and doing your own work, right? Because it's taken, I imagine, a lot of your own work to get to this place today. <laughs> uh, you've shared your story. You weren't bloody born this, you know, guru who just was their authentic self and everything. You went down that road of following in your your mum's footsteps, right? Struggling with drugs and alcohol and, you know, so much more. And until you had some of these moments where you started going into figuring yourself out and figuring out why you are the way you are and then questioning, who do I actually want to be, right? Yeah. And who do I want to be as a parent? How do I want to raise my children? What things are going to support them to be who they want to be? You know, what did I need as a child? I, I needed safety. I needed love. I needed to be able to speak up. I needed to be able to be my authentic self. I needed to be able to express my feelings and emotions. Let's go and teach this to my children. And also give myself grand compassion that's what I love about you big grand bucket loads of compassion as a parent because it's probably one of it is the hardest job in the world I'd say because of the fact that all your shit's getting triggered right and I think something we don't speak about is it's fucking painful to see your child and again I'm not a parent but I've, I've spoken with lots of people around this and I'll get your thoughts on it but it must be painful to feel and see your child getting something that you didn't get. Like also it's lovely, but it, there's also a part of you that's like, damn, like I'm I'm jealous. I wish that I had this, you know? What does that bring up for you? Um, It does in some sense, but for me what I didn't get was that love and acceptance and being able to give that to my, my children just lights my soul up. Like mm-hmm. it just makes me so happy. I feel like we can get so caught up in giving our children the life that we never had by giving them things. Um, but what what we what we really need is not the things, it's the presence. And when you give that to your children, it is so empowering and it's so warm and fuzzy. Like it is the most beautiful thing you'll ever do. So mm-hmm. yes, it is kind of like, oh, I wish I had this. How could my life have been if I had this? But it's like now we get to do this. Now we get to do And not expecting anything in return. Like we are doing this because this is what we need. This is what the world needs right now. Mm, Yeah, making it less about yourself, right? Like this is what the world needs, you know, right now. And I love what you said there that, and we, we see this a lot in society, right? Trying to give our children what we didn't get, but it's in terms of things or opportunities or, you know, like, you know, the fancy car or going to the great school or living in their best house, you know, and as a result of that, people can often spend a lot of their time chasing money, chasing things like this, which don't get me wrong, money completely changes your life. It opens up so much more accessibility as a parent. Um, But I'm also hearing here that presence is, is just as much, if not more of a value as well, and more of an importance to be had in this journey. Chloe, tell us if there are, I want to be a parent one day and I know there's many people who do and I know that there's people listening who are parents. What would you love to tell future parents or current parents? I would love to tell 
future parents and current parents that you have got everything you need in front of you or within you. The the validation, acceptance, the things that you, the void that you're trying to fill is not going to be filled externally. It is all within you. If you are wanting to become a parent, trust that intuition, trust that gut feeling and act upon what you feel is right. And I said something earlier um, about doing not not raising your children or living your life based on what someone else is saying. Do it based on what feels right for you and your family. And if you have children, just be present with them because they will trigger you and that is where you're going to see your growth. That is where you're going to get the true healing if you pay attention to those triggers. Get curious with that trigger instead of trying to shut it down and trying to do something else to to remove that trigger, just mm-hmm. lean into it, lean into it, be present, connect, love, cuddle, all the things. <laughs> I love it. Um, beautiful. Thank you so much, Chloe. And if there's any parents out there that are wanting to get support in this area, because body leaning into your triggers is freaking hard, right? And getting support is really helpful, not only because you need to do this work with your own inner child, right? So if there's anyone out there, how can they get in touch with you? What sort of support do you offer for parents at the moment? So um, my main point of contact is over on Instagram and my Instagram name is underscore Chloe Coven. Um, And I'm offering a range of support at the moment. I've got some little containers um, or I've got some more lengthy containers, depends on what you're after. Um, but that is all available on my Instagram page. So we can chat, you can send me a message. I'm here for it all. Um, and I share some crazy things on there. So <laughs> I love it. I love that's why if you don't, if you're a, if you're a parent, I think at least if you're a parent and maybe if you want to be one one day, but I yeah really encourage you to go and follow Chloe, even just to be there to witness the things that she shares and, it's just again removing the judgment and this idea of perfection and you show it all like I've I actually follow a lot of conscious parenting pages because I want to be a parent one day I want to learn um and a lot of them really trigger me because it feels like you have to be like you said cool as a cucumber all the time very calm um and things like that and and I'm like oh dear god like that it doesn't feel achievable to me and it feels quite scary you know and I judge myself for that but what I love about you Chloe is that you are so realistic and open and real about the realities of it knowing that you don't have to be a perfect parent you just have to be a present parent and here's what that involves you know like you basically initiate that your children will learn so much more god sorry i have a dog next to me and he just has <laughs> hilarious sound i hope that's on the podcast um but that your children will learn so much more for you if you show up as your authentic self and in your own emotional expression as well right Absolutely. I love it. Chloe, is there anything you want to share with, with our beautiful listeners before we close? Um, I just want everyone to know that they're amazing and they're all doing an incredible job and um, remove the shame, remove the expectations, remove the guilt and just do what feels right because it is right and, yeah, you're all amazing. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Chloe, for being here and sharing. I'll put your Instagram in the show notes. If you resonated with today's episode, a great way that you can support this show is by sharing it on your stories and tagging me. I'm at Kathleen.MindsetCoach or sending this episode to a friend is also a really great way to do this so that somebody gets the 
little kick to actually listen and to take some information in, especially if anyone is struggling with things like this. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time, Chloe, and everyone listening. You're all amazing. And remember, you are worthy. You're enough. You're important. And you are so loved just as you are. You're not broken. You don't need to fix yourself or change yourself. You're enough just as you are. And if you're on a journey of healing and you're wanting to explore it further, a great place to begin is with the five-day free inner child healing challenge. This challenge has been known to make grown men and women cry within the first few minutes. It's deep, incredible, powerful, and emotional work for you to connect to the part of you that is young, afraid, vulnerable, and is carrying all the pain, shame, and insecurity that you've been feeling for most of your life. Inner child healing is something I'm so fucking passionate about. You've definitely heard me talk about it before. And this is the reason why I created this challenge. It's because so many people do not know where to start. This challenge works over five days, so I'll put the link in the show notes. Once you sign up, you'll get the first day's practice right away. So for five days, you'll be receiving via email five to 10 minute guided practices, exercises, and visualizations to help you heal your inner child and learn the skills of reparenting so that you can show up in your life as the adult version of yourself, building that strong sense of self-worth and belief in who you are, your importance and your value, which starts with your younger self. I'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, a great way to support the show is to make sure that you share this episode, tag us in your stories if you really enjoyed the episode and send it to a friend who you know is going to resonate with this. Have a beautiful day.